Fontana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Clark got a touchdown. Troy Clark has it. It's a touchdown for the 49ers. You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back with a rapid reaction to the Denver and 49ers uh, preseason game week 2. Niners did come out with the victory 24-15. Matt. Is it overreaction Tuesday? Oh, it's big time overreaction Tuesday. I mean, we're about to go headlong into it. Sleep is for the week. It's 1130 here on the East Coast. My 515 alarm is going to come super early tomorrow. But I don't care because we got to get our thoughts in, in into people's ears. Because we it's got, for the people, man. It's, it's, for, the it's people. for the people, and we got to get ahead of this. we gotta, we got to nip in the butt here. Because we got yeah, to get, ahead, get, we get ahead of this Jimmy talk because it's going to come fast and furious. Gotcha, definitely. Um you can find the For the Goal podcast on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever uh, podcasts are found. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Pod. Um, Jimmy didn't look great. No. I think we must just get it out of the way. He didn't look great. Um, there's reasons why he didn't look great. Um, I'm not going to use it as an excuse. He looked rusty. He looked like he was a little tentative. Um, but my biggest concern was realized today. The offensive line looked horrendous. Yeah, it didn't look great. Um, the, the first interception Jimmy had, uh, you could clearly see there's a miscommunication between Staley and Tomlinson. And Staley clearly thought he had inside help, and he didn't. And when Chubb made the inside move, I mean, he's coming kind of free and clear at, at, at Garoppolo. And I think we saw him panic for just a second, and that, and that caused him to back foot, throw the ball up. It's intercepted. And then the entirety of 49ers' Twitter burned down to the ground. <laughs> and then from the ashes, we got more of the same with the next couple drives because he did not, he did not look good. And my my biggest issue was with with the with the offensive line not playing super great against a really good pass rush. So let's not let's not mince words here. The Denver Broncos can get after the quarterback. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are two legitimate players. They're the only team bringing back two guys that had twelve plus sacks last year. So Broncos can play on the defensive line. Um, and the offensive line struggled really hardly against it, especially along the interior. Um, and man, Jimmy just—he looked like a statue. He looked uncomfortable. He looked like looked like he hadn't played in eleven months. You know, he hadn't seen any live action in eleven months, and you could kind of tell today. Yeah, you know, and you know, if you listen to the previous podcast, we had Benjamin Albright on. Um, he was saying just as much. You know, the defenses were strong. The offenses struggled for both teams, and you saw that. It was evident. Uh, in the first quarter, the Dem- the Broncos couldn't do much. Flacco didn't do very much. The offense or the running game for the uh, Broncos didn't do much. And then on the Niners side, Jimmy, he struggled. You know, Bradley Chubb is, you know, by all accounts, Von Miller 
maybe two for two right now. He said Trent Brown might be the best tackle in football. We saw that, and now he's saying Bradley Chubb is going to be even better than he was last year. And for Bradley Chubb just to pretty much dominate in his you know limited time on the field, um, there's proof of that. And and there's a there's a name that we need to remember here, Vic Fangio. Yep. The guy knows how to scheme up a defense. He's also using his defense against a similar offense with Rich Gangarello. Um, those things need to be talked about there. Um, now, granted, the second team, third teams, they didn't do as well, but that's a, a testament to the Denver Broncos' depth. They have an issue with depth, but their starters are legit um, on defense and on offense. So I'm not taking too much away from this game. I thought Jimmy looked uncomfortable. I think Jimmy needs to get hit. Someone needs to hit him mm-hmm. so that way he gets to, you know, um, breaks out of whatever he maybe have as far as a mental block. A lot of guys with ACL issues have a mental block until they – Till they get hit, you know, he's got to get hit in the mouth. And, hope, you know, I want him to get hit, nothing too serious, just something to be like, okay, I'm going to pop back up and, you know, we're, let's get after it. Um, but I'm not too concerned. You know, one for six, zero yards, one pick. The pick came on a um, busted assignment from the guard and tackle, and, you know, this is where we are. Yeah, it should have been two picks because really his the way the second drive ended, it should have been a pick six. I mean, he kind of hit the he hit the corner in the chest, and it looks like something the Niners would have done last year, where they just didn't intercept the ball when they were given the opportunity to do it. Um, but my, my I had another another issue I had was with the play calling a little bit. I really thought they were going to try and give uh, Garoppolo some some easy passes to make, and, and I don't think they did. They went to a lot of empty sets, which were I mean, there's there's going to be not a whole lot of protection. It's just the offensive line at that point. You're not leaving the running backs even in the block at that point. And, and it, man, he did not do – he did not handle it very well. I'm not one of the guys that's overreacting and saying, like, oh, Nick Mullins is a starter. There's no question because there's a lot of that going around going around right now. Um, but I really thought they were going to call, like, a play-action rollout, kind of like they did in the first uh, play against the Cowboys. We saw Nick Mullins kind of be able to roll out and hit Richie James on the run and kind of just a nice, easy way to – kind of you know kind of roll into the game and I, I thought they were gonna do that with grapple and they didn't I was a little surprised yeah definitely surprised on you know the play calling um I had it recorded I was coaching my little little guy uh flag football team that was more frustrating than watching the Niners today <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bunch of four and five year olds that's that's pretty stressful um you know I'm with you on everything you just said you know there's not much else to say about it you know we had he had six pass attempts and they didn't look great. Raheem Mostert, we, let's get to the good. Raheem Mostert, he's good at football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he. I think he's fixed his fumble problem. You, you know, I don't know if anyone noticed how uh, high he holds the ball and close to him that he holds the ball. Remember, he had a fumble issue. Um, he hasn't had anything since his last one, um, and he broke his arm. So, you know, for him to play as well as he has, um, I thought he looked excellent, mm-hmm. you know, playing in this offense and I think this also allows them more flexibility when it comes to Jet McKinnon I don't know where you stand on that yeah I mean uh you know our buddy Will Kuberos kind of pointed out to us that that he looks bulked up like most looks like he put on some weight because he was running dudes over and he was running through arm tackles and he looks like he'd added about 15 pounds of muscle to an already pretty stout frame and, you know, if he's going to come out and be that guy that can kind of be the power back, I'd be nice. I would prefer that Raheem Mostert never touches the ball as a running back, but he's pretty good. Of course. You know, obviously, yeah. I would like the top three guys to be able to handle it. I think Coleman looked really good in his limited snaps today, too. Uh, you know, the first carry, I think he hit the hole, and he just ran right through it. 
and he did a good job of running through an arm tackle to get 12 yards. But Mostert looked really strong. And, you know, we saw it last year in the Raiders game. We know he can play. And I just hope they have enough depth that he doesn't have to and that he can remain the special teams ace. Yeah, and, um, you know, no, there's no question to the Kyle Shanahan run game. You know, whoever gets in there is going to, you know, make some plays. Even Jeff Wilson had a couple nice ones. Mm-hmm. Austin Walker, or Walter, um, didn't get too many carries today, you know, of course, because Coleman and Brita had some snaps and um, Mostert got some more run. And then, of course, you have the uh, Debo Samuel end around. Um, Beautiful. But, uh, the, yeah, you know, my, my question more now is just the passing game. The Niners' passing offense didn't look great overall. Um, 8 of 20, 93 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and sacked three times. So um, everyone was sacked except for Jimmy. Wilson Spate was sack fumble. Nick Mullins sack. Well, they call it sack fumble for Wilton Spate. He kind of just like spiked the ball on the ground. <laughs> like it was like it was like your your fourth your fourth string rookie quarterback kind of did a four string rookie quarterback thing and just kind of spun the ball and fumbled it. Uh, he wasn't really it looked like he wasn't really touched. Um, it looked like Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to 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 so we, we we went to Jimmy not so good. You know Raheem Mostert really good. Let's go back to the not so good. And this is something that's been a theme for these Shanahan coach teams since he showed up. 13 yep. penalties, 101 yards. And man, oh man, do they have to get that fixed because they cannot continue to do it. And uh, Najee Torin, um, the a guard who's stepping in for Mike Person, had two holding penalties today. He's fighting for a roster spot. You can't get two holding penalties in the same game if you, if you want to really get a spot. And, uh, you know, man, they really got to clean that up. Yeah, penalties have been an issue with this team since Harbaugh. You know, mm-hmm. it's just been something that's just constant. Um, it's a lot of pre-snap penalties, most of them. And then, of course, the holding calls. And the holding, you know, holding happens on every play. I'm not too concerned about those. But they, you know, you got to, they got to be, you got to be smarter, you know, as an offensive lineman. Najee's. Um, you know, like you said, he's fighting for a roster spot. He's potentially, you know, in line for the backup guard um, center spot because he has been moving around, according to some practice reports, especially with Josh Garnett mm-hmm. not ready um, or back in camp or back at practicing yet. So, you know, pe- penalties are just something that's been in a you know Achilles heel for this team. You know, you get a good drive, you're in the red zone, boom, holding call, you're out of the red zone, mm-hmm. and it's rather frustrating. You know, you're you're. Separate, you know, that's a four-point swing, you know, between a touchdown or a field goal. And I'm tired of field goals, personally, as a Niner fan. We've been dealing with field goals since, you know, Harbaugh. And um, yeah. this team needs to get that corrected and corrected fast. Yeah, that that was that was a big one. Um, and they had some they had some key penalties. I mean, the Broncos had six first downs based on penalties alone tonight. So it's it's not like it was just on the offense hurting themselves. The defense also couldn't really help themselves. They had a couple holding penalties in the secondary. They had a couple uh, – they had at least uh, two personal fouls. I know they had a rough in the passer at the end of the game, and they also had a uh, – and many mostly had like an, a helmet-to-helmet hit. And, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to start calling that stuff, and it's going to be pretty across the board. So the Niners are going to get some first downs for guys hitting helmet-to-helmet. So the defense is really going to have to clean that stuff up because this is the second straight week where we've had some not-so-great personal foul penalties on the defense. Now, you know, granted, the, the rough in the passer one – the replay, the replay was really quick. They didn't really show it, so I'm not even sure they called it on the right person. Um, but 
you know, the game's out of hand at that point, but still you want your younger players who are playing in the fourth quarter and stuff. You want them to get better about that stuff. And I think they really need to start coaching that up. Yeah, they have to, they got to clean that stuff up. And you know, the, the roughing the passer one, it's kind of iffy to me, you know, from what I saw. And then I, you know, I paused it, replayed it back. It didn't look uh, like anything spectacular or anything, you know, um, too malicious, um, but they're going to call any time around the head and neck area. Um, so where are we at here? More bad or more good? Let's keep it the bag. That way we can end on like just like just like good note, good note, good note. So let's keep. Gotcha, bad. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, you Nick, go ahead. Bad. C.J. Beathard. Well, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, this isn't a surprise. This isn't a, this isn't news to anyone. But man, he he can't make a decision. He holds on to the ball forever. And the word the word rhythm came out of Booger McFarland's mouth, and all I thought of was what I've been saying. He plays with no rhythm. Yeah. And you see it repeatedly. Yeah. No, it was um, it was again not great. Um, he did lead a touchdown scoring drive. He didn't do a whole lot. I know they had a swing pass out to Richie James, who who flashed a little bit tonight. Um, special teams especially, but he 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 got the ball and he finally made some guys miss. And he you know he picked up 12, 13 yards. Um, he had blocking. He had blocking. Like yeah, I've been saying, he had blocking, and he was able to use <laughs> it, and he was able to get behind it. Um, but C.J. Beathard, again, I think they really tried to get him on the field. I think they were trying to get, like, trade tape and, you know, put him out there and let him go against the twos and stuff just so he can prove that he can still play in the league. And he didn't prove it. So I, No, I, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of trade value he has now. I really think that Shanahan and John Lynch were hoping that Beathard was going to come out and ball out and play well enough that some team's going to be like, hey – like even like Philly, you know, Philly just I know they just signed Josh McCown out of retirement, but they just lost their backup Sudfeld uh, to a broken wrist. So mm-hmm. these injuries do pile up and they do happen. And I mean, even Drew Locke tonight went down with with a hand injury um, after he was sacked by Marcel Harris. You know, there's teams that will call for these guys when they have injuries, and I, I think they're trying to drum up as much value as they can in Beathard. And I think Beathard kind of let him down tonight. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I don't know where the value comes in with Beathard. You know, you you we've there's plenty of actual regular season tape on him. It's it's going to be hard to get anything of of value for him now. Do the Niners, you know, let him go for sixth, seventh round pick, maybe conditional fifth? Um, you know, maybe even player for player swap. I know, you know, if Drew Lock is out, I know they're not going with Kevin Hogan, mm-hmm. and Rich Cangrello is familiar with C.J. Beathard. Mm-hmm. There could be something there, um, but the likelihood is, is slim. You know, I would I would think um, it's I, I I'm I'm running out of stuff to say with CJ. It's just uh, we know what he is know. at this point. Yeah, basically. we knew we know what he is. We, he's he's a backup quarterback. He can fill in for you in spots, but you're not asking him to win you games. You know, if you have to go through a two game stretch with a backup, and you know you need you need something, he might give you something, but. He's just a he's a backup quarterback. That's that's what it is. That's where we're at with CJ. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a whole lot else to say about him. I think we can move on. Uh, sticking with bad offensive line. I know we already kind of touched on it with the Jimmy stuff, but the offensive line across the board was not great tonight. No, not at all. From first team to third team, um, I mean they were they did well in the run game, but a lot of that I th- I thought a lot of that came from the tight ends blocking and the receivers blocking downfield, but. Um, the offensive line has been my main concern going into this offseason, mm-hmm. um, and it's showing up. The guard play, center play, 
Um, I don't know what the hell happened with Joe Staley today, uh, but he just got beat pretty bad. But that was also noted um, during joint practices. He was getting beat by Bradley Chubb. And, you know, let's just – Joe is in his, what, 13th season. He's a little mm-hmm. bit older. Bradley Chubb is a young young whippersnapper. He's out there <laughs> bending that edge. And, uh, you know, if – we've talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. What if the Niners, you know, didn't acquire or, or draft Solomon Thomas and went with Jamal Adams and then – got Bradley Chubb the year after, you know, Bradley Chubb could have been a Niner, and um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Bradley Chubb, I'm like, Jesus Christ, the man's an animal, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got so many moves, man, it's, it's, um, it's crazy, and let's hope, let's hope Nick Bosa could be just as good as Bradley Chubb, that's, as, if, as, if Bosa is as good as Bradley Chubb, we're fine. Yeah, and that, and you bring up Bosa, it's actually a good point, again, to point out that how many players for the 49ers were sitting out tonight. I mean, yeah. the, you showed them. They showed them all in the booth. Um, you know, Bosa sitting up there with Kittle and Selleck and Trent Taylor, and there's a couple other guys. So they're obviously not trotting out their complete A squad. Um, but to to go back to the offensive line a little bit, um, especially that first interception, it, it may be possible that Jimmy misread the defense and he called the wrong protection because yeah. clearly Tomlinson and Staley were not on the same page on that one at all. And you not can say all. that Chubb beat him, which I mean, technically he did, but it very clearly looked like Joe was assuming help was coming from the inside and he was waiting for Chubb to try and spin back to the out. Um, and maybe, maybe Jimmy messed up the the protection call. And again, that could be rust. That could be, you know, he hasn't really read a defense entirely, especially uh, another defense. that not the 49ers defense and definitely not a Fangio defense really in a game situation in a long time. So that maybe contributed to it, but, all said and done, I mean the the offensive line only gave up three sacks, but they did have you know a bunch of penalties, false starts, holdings, and just overall didn't look all that great. No, yeah, it's it's concerning, and um, let's hope John and Kyle are on the phone or just scouring the um, trade block for a guard or 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 a backup tackle because um, that's gonna be a concern. Mm-hmm. Swing tackle and backup guard that's gonna be an issue. Um, let's hope Richburg is healthy. Um, there was uh, uh, Tim Ryan was on KNBR this morning. He said uh, Richburg was on the um, training field, looking pretty good, moving pretty well. So hopefully that's a positive sign going forward. Because yeah. God knows the Niners are going to need their center and guard play to be uh, tip top when going against you know obviously the Rams, Seahawks still have some pass rushers, and then Arizona still has. Uh, Chandler Jones, and, and they did add Terrell Suggs. So those things are going to be important going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to win your division to make the playoffs, and, you know, they got to win those games in division. And the offensive line is going to be important uh, to this team's success. Yeah, it, it, it's not just the NFC West either. I mean, they got the AFC South, or the, excuse me, the NFC South this year, and yep. that's four defensive lines that are pretty stacked too. Um, yeah. You know, they're playing the, the, uh, the AFC North, Panthers, Brian Burns. Yeah, AFC North. You're not talking about there's too, there's not too many breaks there either. You know, Miles Garrett's coming, week five. TJ Watt. TJ Watt's uh, coming. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that they're gonna see this year that are that are high quality. I mean, because it's across the league, defensive lines are good, and yeah. and to talk about defensive lines that are good, the 49ers defensive <laughs> line is stacked. These it's guys good. can play. I mean, we're talking no Nick no. DeForest Buckner, no Nick Bosa, no D Ford, and who boy, they were getting pressure on Flacco, Locke, and Hogan consistently. 
Yeah, they uh, I, they're the, the Niners are probably twelve defensive linemen deep, mm-hmm. but they're not going to keep twelve. No. You know, Contavious Street had one and a half sacks today. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked great. Um, you know, our buddy Rich Madrid brought up a good point: is is Ronald Blair in line to make this team? This is where we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Ronald Blair could be a trade piece. I don't want to get rid of him, but he could be somebody that can garner you know an offensive lineman or pick. That you can use on an offensive line going forward. Mm-hmm. Ronald Blair may be maybe expendable at this point. Um, he is a little banged up, but Contavious Street is showing something both on the interior and the exterior. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of interior pass rush, Solomon Thomas showed up several times he where did. he's supposed to be on the interior, manhandling guards. What what exactly what we thought of him when he was drafted, and he's playing in his proper position. Um, and but to your point, you know, no D Ford, no. Nick Bosa um, and no Defoe, this defensive line is stacked, and it, it's going to be hard for teams to run on this team. Hard for teams to get any, you know, get any time for the quarterback. Um, and this goes again. NFC West offensive lines are not that good in the NFC West, no. except for the Rams. Seahawks offensive line is questionable. Cardinals offensive line, we saw what happened to Kyler Murray against a bad Raiders defense. Um, you know, other other offenses. Other offenses around the league should take notice. The Niners' defensive line is coming. Um, and, you know, our linebackers, Warner didn't play. Quan didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sherman and Witherspoon, they held their own. The defense is going to be good, and the D-line is going to be a humongous part of that. And having a rotation of eight, nine guys is going to be key. Yeah, like I said all offseason, Solomon Thomas has found money. I hope he does really well. I'm just not counting on him to do very well. And, and tonight we saw a little bit of the really good, and then we saw some of the not so good. Um, mm-hmm. The really good, the interior pass rush, he, he was manhandling guards. There's a couple of clips of him just like tossing guys. I know Ian <laughs> Williams sent one out, you know, friend of the pod, Ian Williams. He sent one out and just like, man, it, it looks like he's been using all that strength that we said, you know, we showed up best shape of his life, you know, sort of thing. He looks like he used it all on that play and just tossed the guard to get after the quarterback, and he flushed him out of the pocket and forced an incompletion. Um, we saw him set the edge in the run game. You know, when he was asked to be the edge player, he set it twice. Uh, once he set it, and uh, Jacuzzi Tart, who had a fantastic game, was able yeah, to did. come in and make a tackle for a loss, and then another, he made a tackle himself. And he looked like that was where he belonged, which was an, as a guy that sets the edge in the run game and a guy that rushes the pass from the inside. When he was asked to rush the passer from the edge position, he looks lost. Uh, so I hope he's not in that position too often. And I think what teams could end up doing is if they see him on the edge, they could audible to a pass call because they know he's not going to be able to generate a ton of pass rush against these tackles. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, the whole defensive line looks really good. It's, it's awesome to see Kentavia Street actually come out and do something because 49ers fans have this giant stigma about you know um just guys that come in and are redshirted because Trent Balky tried to do it every year like redshirt 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 these guys never worked out so I really hope Contavious Street does make the team and I hope he makes an impact because 49ers fans need to see it they need to see that a redshirt player is not always a failure because yeah it's it's all it's been for you know as long as since you know, since the Harbaugh years, anytime they draft a player is going to sit for a year because of an injury, they just assume like, all right, cool, we wasted that draft pick. Um, I'm not saying they should do it every year because you definitely shouldn't. 
but it's nice to see him play well. Um, there's a couple guys. I mean, you're looking at, at the, the the depth on the defensive line. Like you said, 12 guys deep. And who, boy, Jeremiah Velaga. Am I saying that correct? I think you are. He played. He looked really good. He looked really good. Um, two games in a row. Yep, two games in a row. He's looked good. Jay Bromley looked really good. He had a pair of sacks. Um, my favorite thing that we saw from the defensive line actually was they kind of did a good job of disguising blitzes. And it looked like they were sending double A gap pressure and then only one of them would go. And you got you got uh, Marcel Harris, who I actually really like in, in the idea of a, a defensive back blitzer um, as a speed guy coming around the edge that can beat a running back. He looked pretty good tonight in that mm-hmm. capacity. He didn't look super great for the rest of the game. But in the idea of he's going to come after the passer, I, I, I like Marcel Harris doing that. I think that plays to his strength. Um, but, you know, man, the defensive line just looked really good. The defense in total looked really good because the, they only gave yeah, up 15 up until, points total, and nine of those points came on a short field. Nine of those points yeah. came off turnovers. So they played really well overall. Yeah, up until the late touchdown, the Niners hadn't allowed a touchdown in seven quarters. So um, on defense, that's promising, you know, whether you know, albeit against second and third string guys. But, you know, having our second and third string guys play with the ones and things like that uh, in the first quarter, um, uh, it's very encouraging. I like the changes that they made on defense. Um, they seem to be around the ball a lot more. Obviously, we, the Niners had an interception, uh, almost a second interception late in the game. Uh, it would look like cover one uh, with, with Marcel Harris um, playing his zone there. Um, and um, it's encouraging, I, I will say that. The defense... Defensive line is exciting, and then the defense as a whole is very encouraging going into the season. Yeah, so let's shift from the defensive line to the defensive secondary. What did you see tonight that, that stood out to you from the way those guys played? Kwaski. Kwaski stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he played fairly well all over the place. Um, you see, you, what all, you know, what stood out was kind of upsetting, too, though, with, with Adrian Colbert. He's had a, a, a rough preseason, you know, mm-hmm. um, being ejected the first game on a – you know, if he call with the hit, and then he had a hamstring issue come up. Um, I'm rooting for Colbert to make this team, and it, I, you know, you got to play best abilities, availability, and in his case right now, he's not available, and it's hurting his case, hurting his chances. Um, Mr. Uh, interception himself, Dante Johnson came down with an interception. You know, I don't know what that means, but overall, the secondary was pretty pretty much blanketed just kind of like you know goes back to the Albright conversation he said the same thing the secondary for the Niners is pretty good um it, it's tied to the pass rush the pass rush getting there forcing Aaron throws mm-hmm. and the DBs can play free you know take a couple chances here and there the Niners didn't get beat for anything big uh on offense from the past game you know the Niners only had 93 yards passing but the Broncos didn't do much better either 102 yards so nothing crazy and um I thought the secondary played fairly well. And, you know, with Sherman didn't get any targets. Akella looked okay. Uh, Marcel Harris, he's showing up in different ways, sacking the quarterback, you know, jumping jumping routes, um, playing with, like, his hair's on fire. But I thought he played fairly well. Um, you know, it's it's encouraging as well. But I, I want to see that more against the ones. Yeah, I do too. And I want to see them get tested. Um, like truly tested downfield. I want to see some downfield passes because it seems like both the Cowboys, which, you know, their game is not throwing the ball way downfield. And, and the Broncos 
maybe a little bit more so because Flacco does have a strong arm, but he was only in there for two drives. Um, so, you know, we weren't going to see a whole lot of it tonight from the Broncos. Uh, the guys that stood out to me, uh, DJ Reed stood out to me in a bad way and then very quickly in a good way. Um, so he had kind of a rough start to the game. He allowed a couple completions, and he he, he got beat deep. I mean, uh, I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but just absolutely torched him down the field, and he got bailed out by a, by a holding call um, on, on the offensive tackle who just, like, manhandled. I think it was Kentavia Street, just, like, tackled him to the ground. Or, or uh, Demontre Moore was the guy who was getting pressure on Flacco and, and was just tackled to the ground because he was going to decapitate Flacco. Um, <laughs> and, and DJ Reed just got beat deep, and I was like, "Uh, here we go again." You know, it's just the Niners keep getting beat deep on these on these third and long plays, and they just keep giving up that big third down conversion. Um, but he bounced back and he played a lot better in the second half. Um, you know, he, he had six total tackles, five were solo tackles. He tackled extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. He did have the pass breakup, and they did send him on a couple blitzes. He ended up playing safety because Torverius Moore went out with a hit pointer. Um, they'll know, obviously, more about all these injuries tomorrow. There were a bunch today. Jaquiski Tart left as well. But, I mean, that's a tradition like unlike any other, right? Jaquiski Tart leaves the game. Um, you know, but DJ Reed did stand out in a good way towards, towards the end. Uh, some other guys on defense that played fairly well. I thought Emmanuel Mosley played pretty well again. Um, I think he may be moving towards getting a roster spot. Um, Tarverius Moore played pretty well until he left. You know, I, Dre Greenlaw wasn't the same player he was in week one. Um, he wasn't on the field for as long either, but he wasn't the impactful guy he did get. He overpursued a couple times. The defense as a whole overpursued a lot tonight. Um, yeah. They were all moving really fast, and there's a couple end of rounds where they just got completely caught off guard, and that's something they're going to have to clean up. Um, but, you know, our, our boy, Al Shair, played really well again. Um, I thought he I thought he had an excellent game, and uh, I, I'm really hoping he makes the roster because I think he's going to be hard to stash on the practice squad. Yeah, he's. I think so too. Um, so real quick, the injuries just came out here. Uh, DJ Reed, shoulder injury, Tim Harris, groin. Uh, Demontre Moore has dislocated thumb, Adrian Colbert's uh, hamstring, and Kwaski is being evaluated for concussion. Doesn't look anything too serious from any of these injuries. Uh, Demetrius Fleming Fowlis, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, had the wind knocked out of him. Other than that, nothing major. Everyone should be fine, according to Kyle Shanahan. Um, So, you know, on to week three against Kansas City. Um, But... Go ahead and continue with the good, man. You, I'm sorry. I, I would have had a list written down, but I had to put my kid to bed, and he just wasn't cooperating. Uh, yeah, but no. I was watching the game while putting him <laughs> to bed. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, the rookies, again, played pretty well. I already mentioned Dre Greenlaw and how he had an okay game. It wasn't as good. Um, but when you look at you know, Debo Samuel, that end around, that's exactly what they got him for. You know, and You don't necessarily want to see his only touch be an end around because I don't think he had any catches tonight. Um, no. or any targets, but I mean the passing game was just so bad. So but he's a, they found a way to get him involved, and that's huge. And that's what absolutely has to happen. You have to get him involved some way. Get the ball in his hands. The man averaged 31 yards per per slant route last year on catches yeah. on slant routes. Get the ball in his hands and let him make some plays. I know they only targeted Jalen Hurd once, and C.J. Beathard just airmailed it out of bounds. 
Um, so he didn't do a whole lot. Uh, but Bitch and Mitch coming down <laughs> on the kick coverage and just mollywops the returner. And yeah. uh, I know I was getting into it with Eric Crocker, and, and we were talking about how uh, Richie James wouldn't have returned that kick if, if Sebastian Janikowski had any sort of will to make a tackle. <laughs> and he was saying, like, he's like, hey, man, kickers don't want that smoke. And I told him, I told him, I was like, I was like, Bitch and Mitch is a rugby player. He wants that smoke. He's about it. And he showed that tonight. And, he, and that was a really good tackle. And, and a lot of people got a big kick out of that. So that's a good one. Um, and then, you know, Tim Harris actually looked okay before he left with his injury. Uh, he had a good, he had a good coverage play. They threw towards his way in the end zone. He just had the guy blanketed and just gave Drew Locke no shot whatsoever to complete the pass. Um, you know, Justin School didn't look so great. Nope. Mm-mm. He didn't look great that at all. Um, concerning. Yeah, that's concerning. It is because I was I had him as my swing tackle, um, but overall the rookies looked looked all right. I'm just excited for Debo Samuel. And then the last thing we can kind of maybe not the last thing, but one of the things we should touch on is I know we had a a, a thing where it was Kendrick Bourne, Richie James, who's gonna separate themselves, and they both played pretty well tonight. You know, I think. It, Richie James proved he has some value in special teams. He had multiple kickoffs that went, you know, almost to midfield. Uh, of course, the offense squandered the field position, uh, which you hope doesn't happen in uh, in 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 the regular season. Uh, he had three punt returns. He didn't do anything crazy with them, but he didn't fumble the ball. He had the one catch uh, for for 14 yards, which was nice. And then uh, you're looking at Kendrick Bourne. He did have a bad drop. Uh, the only really good pass CJ Bathard threw all night was to Kendrick Bourne down the sideline and he kind of let it score through his arms. Yeah. Um, but he redeemed himself with, you know, he had two catches, 24 yards. And of course he caught that touchdown pass and that was some nifty footwork in the corner of the end zone, um, which we have seen from him before. And I think they both kind of, they, they did a good job of, of, well, Kendrick Bourne did a good job of bouncing back after the drop. Cause I was thinking like, Oh, he's done, but he did a good job of bouncing back his, even his one, um, his long catch was with the 26-yard catch. Um, he did a good job of turning the ball upfield and showed he's a, he's a little he's a little shifty after the catch, which I think is exactly what Shanahan's looking for in these wide receivers. Yeah, you know, with with the Kendrick Bourne thing, it's I think it's coming down just at that last spot. Uh, Kendrick and Richie James are fine for one spot. I think um, there's a lot of talk about Jordan Matthews being guaranteed a spot before he signs, so I think that might be still might might be holding true since he was. The first slot guy up, you know, that may be something to look at, but I think it, I think you're right. Coming down to the one of those two, I would, you know, you want the versatility, Richie James, but you also you like the size of Kendrick Bourne. He's a little bit taller. He has some good hands when he, you know, when he's catching it with his hands directly. The over the over the head stuff is kind of where he struggled. That's why he's been dropping a lot of passes, and you saw that one right through his arms. He mm-hmm. alligator armed it, um, but. I, it's tough, man, because I, I like Kendrick and I like Richie. It's just it's going to be one of those tough calls that Kyle and, and John got to make, and he's when either one of those guys is going to make a pro roster somewhere else. And you know, Kyle Madsen said it a couple weeks ago. He's going to be in the pay, one of those guys are going to end up on the Patriots scoring a you know touchdown in the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree that that both of them are going to make NFL rosters. I just don't know if both of them are going to be in San Francisco. Um, and that could be this could be players they also look to move. Um, you know, good teams try to move players 
before cut down day because there's no there's no separate cut someone someone um slid in my dms today asking uh when cut down day was when the first cut down day was because remember you used to have to do it in in uh in waves where you cut down yeah. from 90 to 75 and then 75 to 53 now it's just straight down to 53 and it has to yeah, be done right after august 31st so by september 1st you're gonna have your 53 man roster set so look for a lot of wheeling and dealing to happen across the league between you know August 28th and, and August 31st when they got to start cutting these players because teams are going to inquire because it, teams that need to go digging on other teams' waiver wire cuts generally aren't very good, and players may not want to go there. That may not be their preferred destination. So yep. they might have to give up a conditional sevens-round pick a future fifth round pick something that doesn't seem like a lot at the time but could end up paying big dividends i mean we see what teams like the patriots do with their trades where they turn like a fifth round pick somehow into a first round pick through a series of trades and it's just it's wild to see them work and and even what they did with the second round pick they gave they gave the 49ers gave them for jimmy garoppolo they turned it into like 10 picks so <laughs> yeah, you know, te- teams that draft well do well. That's nature, nature of the beast. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Bourne, Richie James, I think whew, it's going to be tough. If I had to make the call right now, sitting here today after two preseason games, I'm leaning more towards Richie James and Kendrick Bourne. And that's just because he has been spectacular on special teams. Did you, did you just say Richie James? I did. You said that out I loud? I did. I said it out loud. I said, as it stands <laughs> right now. Right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree with you. Special teams versatility, you know, it's kind of what we talked about. Um, he gives you wide receiver versatility, slot, Z, X, Y receiver options if, if, if need be. Um, I'm not, you know, Niners are 2-0 and in preseason. It means nothing. Um, Correct. I don't t- I'm not taking too much out of this. Um, you know, Nick Mullins, is, I think Nick Mullins is already set for QB2. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it last time. We, you and I spoke. The roster, I think the roster is pretty much set. It's those last probably ten spots that these guys are fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest concern is offensive line. I would think. I think most 49 fans would agree um, that it is the offensive line that that's going to be the biggest. Is that might be the thing that's going to hold the Niners back going forward. Yeah, and just remember, you know, it is overreaction Tuesday tomorrow. So, you know, yeah. as you're listening to this. Wusa, take a deep breath. Jimmy's going to be fine. He's not the end of the world. He looked rusty. He looked like he didn't play in 11 months. Wusa, y'all. Wusa. 49ers are going to be all right. I don't know I don't know if they're going to be world beaters this year, but the defense looks significantly improved. The offense has a lot of things they need to iron out. But I think once Kyle Shanahan can open up his full playbook and actually start calling his kind of game and get into his kind of rhythm and, and, and use all of his players, which include George Kittle, who hasn't played yet, which include, you know, Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis and all these guys who are going out after one or two, one or two, yeah. you know, possessions. They'll be okay. They'll the, be okay. The Niners, you know, the Niners and the Broncos, you know, the, both teams got their work in on these joint practices. Right. Um, you know, when speaking with a couple people, the Niners' offense looked okay. Niners' off defense looked much better. Um, it's just it is what you know. Right now, it is what it is. This is what preseason's for. Get the kinks out now. 
start the season fresh. You know, I'm not super high on Tampa. I'm not worried about the Buccaneers week one. But the Niners got to win week one. I think the pressure's on to win week one. Yeah. Um, they have to perform week one, and Jimmy's got to come out. You know, I'm not saying he's got to throw for 500 yards. I'm saying he needs to be, you know, at least 60% completion percentage and, you know, no bad picks and things like that. And I'm not too worried about it going forward. Um, Niners play the Chiefs on Saturday. It's a quick turnaround. I don't know who schedules this shit for preseason. Like, okay, I haven't cursed on three podcasts, but what the fuck, dude? <laughs> three preseason games in 10 days, and you want to talk to us about player safety? Yeah, and the Broncos just played their third preseason game, and the Niners are playing their second because the Broncos were in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. So how these games aren't all scheduled for Saturday, Sunday, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the weeks in August is beyond me. But yeah, the 49ers do play a lot coming up. You said it's two games in 10 days, um, three and 11 if you count tonight. Um, yeah. So we're not well, no, going to see a whole lot of starters. I don't think we see a single person that's making the roster. Maybe not making – we're not seeing any of the top 40 people play that last game. Yeah, We're talking not. about just the guys that are fighting for roster spots. So the only ones going to be playing in the last game. Yep. So if you're not going to watch a game and you have you want to have something to do, do it that fourth game because the, the yeah. way the schedule worked out, we are not going to see any of those guys play. No, and I'm, I'm happy that we won't. Um, the guy that I am ha- happy to see, though, Quan Alexander has the green light to play against the Chiefs next week. Um, Boom. Th- that's a plus. I'm pretty sure Fred Warner will play. Defoe will probably get a snap or two. Um, but I think it's bullshit the Niners got to play three games in ten days. Um you know, the schedule just, guides have not been nice to the 49ers in the last like bunch of years. It doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It makes, you know, the NFL yes, it's you know, they're the you know, they're the, they're they're America's you know, the NFL football is um America's pastime now. It's just but at the same time you can't sit here and, and, and preach player safety and then have three preseason games in ten days. Not to mention you just had joint practices for two days prior to a game, um, which was Pretty physical by all accounts, and then to play two, you know, you got to go to Kansas City, and that's the dreaded Kansas City. That's where that was Ground Zero. Jimmy G tore his knee up at um, Arrowhead, and he's gonna go back there and play. And this is, it's just, uh, it's one of those things. It, it frustrates me, and as you can tell, it's it's concerning to have you know this this many games that soon, um, so close together. It's it's annoying. Yeah. But, you know, we'll be back to talk. We'll, we'll do a preview episode of the, of the Chiefs game. Um, I've got somebody in mind. Hopefully we can get him on um, to join us and do that preview. Um, but, yeah, we're coming at you hard and fast. So we got three games in ten days. We're doing a preview and a post-recording uh, you know, post episodes of, of all these games. So plenty of content coming for everybody. Um, you know, we love all the interaction. Tonight's been a good night on the Twitter machine just because everyone is completely overreacting. And I love it. Yeah, have a beer. Relax. Yeah. It's just preseason. Just use your fourth and gold podcast koozie and relax. It's um just a little shameless yeah. plug there. Just a little yeah. one. Just <laughs> only three one. bucks, guys. I got plenty left. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's uh I think and I will just say this the, the highlight of the game for me was uh Bitch and Mitch laying the wood. Yep. Um we probably got the best punter in football, and uh, he hit, he likes to hit people, so I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, and then the low light, obviously, the way Jimmy played, um, that yeah. first interception, demoralizing. Um, 
It is what it but is. But he had a 0.0 quarterback rating, which you know what that means, everybody? He can literally only get better. Correct. It can only get better from here. So, yep. so, so buckle up because it's going to happen. He's going to be better than a 0.0 quarterback rating quarterback this year. I will be <laughs> anything on that. Yeah. That he finishes with a higher rating than zero this year. Yeah, I would too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that should cover it. It's uh, midnight on the East Coast. It's 11.15 here in um, Texas. We're going to go to bed. I'll have this pod up here in a few minutes. Um, Niners win 24-15 against Denver. Going to week three against the Chiefs. 2-0. and They're undefeated. Um, means nothing in preseason. But follow us on Twitter at 4th and Gold Podcast. Follow myself out on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. And then follow our boy Matt here at Oh, yeah, that's right. You always want me to do it. At Matt Barr underscore. I know. I always forget. I always You're forget. You're the man, man of the people, man. You're the one with all the followers. It is 1216. My alarm goes off in five hours. Sleep is for the week, yep. y'all. Yep. Go to bed, Matt. I will talk to you tomorrow. Um, the rest of you guys, you know what to do. Follow us. Share the pod. Tweet us. Tweet at us. We're here anytime you need us. Except Matt, because he sleeps at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, until next time, you know, we'll see you guys probably later on this week, previewing the Chiefs game. Um, Until then, peace.